Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. I am here with Pastor Todd. Good morning. And this is Pastor Matt. <laughs> and uh, we're glad that you're joining us today. And I wanted to ask you this, Pastor Todd, a little insight here uh, for those listening may find it interesting. You and I both grew up in church, going to church, you know, so... You know, were you ever in some kind of uh, Christmas play, Christmas pageant? You know, this Sunday we had the kids sing Away in a Manger in a video. It, it was really cute. came out great. So what about you? Every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our church did it every year. Um, some kind of Christmas play, whatever. And it involved all the kids in uh, Sunday school and children's church. I think many of the years my parents did it. Okay. Uh, not not every year, but for a while they were the one. They were Sunday school superintendent, kids, you know, children's church leaders, whatever. So, uh, so they did a lot of it, but it would always be like you get your couple of lines that you got to memorize, uh-huh. and then a couple of songs that you sing. Sometimes we did costumes, sometimes it wasn't. Uh, and even here at the church, for many years we did a Christmas, the big Christmas production. Okay. okay. And uh, I both directed those. And at times starred in those when I first started. So, um, what's the role you start in when you were doing it? So the very first, I think it was the very first year we were here. We did Christmas around the world, and I played somebody's. Was it their grandpa? I think it was somebody's grandpa, and we were going around the world in a hot air balloon, talking about how. People celebrate Christmas ah, around the world. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. All right. That's adventurous. Yeah, yeah. We had a big. I think I think we used a big uh, one that parachutes they use for kids to play with. Yeah. And use that to make like a hot air balloon. Oh so to wow. Speak. So okay, okay. Yeah. So we used to take up the whole platform here, the, yeah. in the old building, Building B. We used to take up the whole platform, clear it all off. Uh, it was it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a whole production. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I grew up. I was in ones. I mean, I guess whenever the kids sang, like little kids like that. But um, I think I probably told this story once before. But uh, I do have a memory. I was one of the three kings one year. Okay. This is when I was like a little older now. So I don't know, fourth grade maybe, like uh, or fifth possibly. So like I. Uh, I was one of the kings, and I think it was the middle king, so I was supposed to say I brought frankincense, and for some reason I kept messing up and saying myrrh. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, like, not that hard. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, like, my, my friend behind me, my, he was my best friend, he was like, Matt, like, you have to say frankincense. So, finally, like, uh, I was like, stop bothering me. So, then when we, like, went to do it, of course, it was like, I brought gold, and then I'm like, I brought myrrh. <laughs> so, he, like caught me he's like i brought frankincense and he's like i caught you like i saved you so <laughs> i don't know why that's a memory my brother was a shepherd him and his brother was a shepherd. i don't remember as a kid ever dressing up in those parts i think it was mostly we would have lines to say and it was mostly a retelling of the christmas story but i don't ever remember it being like a like a Christmas pageant per se, you know, where you had like yeah. Mary and Joseph. I think there was. We might have, but I just don't remember that so much. Okay. So. Yeah. So that. Yeah. I think that's when I was going to um, full gospel in New Jersey. So that's. I think 
that's what I remember. Is like I remember some Christmas songs, the kids, and then I remember a Christmas pageant a couple times like that. Yeah, there's a narrator, and then you just have a couple lines, and you stand there, the kids. So at Mountaintop, we we did Christmassy stuff. But yeah, by that point, I wasn't, you know, I was older. So yeah, some fun stuff. And with uh, yesterday, I preached on Away in a Manger. So like, that's what I started with, talking about how it's cute and stuff. But like, I think you think of that at Christmas time. And mm-hmm. actually, so speaking of, you know, that, like the pageant, the nativity scene, okay? Um, how do you feel? You know, some people are like, they got feelings about the nativity. <laughs> like, are you like, what do you think? Because there's, you know, the Magi. I think that's really the big reason. Like, yeah. it's generally understood they weren't there, actually. So right. does that, like, kind of bother you? Or are you like, I don't care? Like it, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me if people have the wise men out as part of their nativity. Yeah. Um, we have a couple of nativities at home. We have, like, a, like a one that Steph and I when we first got married i think it was like from kmart when kmart still existed <laughs> oh yeah um that we put out and poor baby jesus doesn't have like an arm or a nose or whatever <laughs> you know what i mean because they've gotten broken off but um but in the couple of sets that we have i think the wise men are in all of them yeah yeah and i'm okay with that i understand that they didn't show up for another two two and a half years three years something like that mm-hmm. um I get that, but it it doesn't throw me and it doesn't throw, you know, I don't lose my salvation over the wise men being there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, yeah, it doesn't bother me either. I was, Pastor Jeff was telling me, he's like, yeah, I don't love that the wise men are in it. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah. Like, I'm like, right, I know that they probably weren't there, but I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, I like it. It's fine, but, you know. And I always teach in kids' church, you know, the wise men came later. Mm-hmm. You know, just to be clear so that they're not like, well, what? I didn't know that. Yeah. Nobody ever told me that. You know, so I right, do right. I do teach that. But I say, but that is part of when we think of the birth of Jesus and we think about, like, how we celebrate Christmas and the giving of gifts. The wise men are an important part of that because they gave the first gifts. Yeah. You know, so I always <laughs> include that explanation so that people aren't confused. Yeah. You know, the kids aren't confused. Uh, but it, it doesn't. Uh, yeah <laughs> the, the wise men are fine i think fine. pastor jeff he he likes nativity scenes like that's like a thing he likes yeah. i think he collects yeah. them and stuff yeah. so that's cool uh he's had got a, i think some from other countries and stuff too but yeah. actually that makes me think <clears throat> i talked to a couple people after service yesterday too i had said that um it's right now i, I guess basically you could say the scholarship has been that they believe it was probably like the side of a rock, like a cave, not a stable. <clears throat> but um, there's other views too. And some are that like <clears throat> they were in a house, uh, like possibly a house with two floors. And so everybody stays on the second floor and the first floor is where you have your animals. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a compound, like outdoors. And um, so possibly somebody let them stay there. So it's, now it's not an inn. I mean, that's. It mo- I think most people don't think it's an inn, like, or th- there may be a version of like a half, well, not a halfway house, but like a, a hostel. You could mm-hmm. say so. Maybe that's possible. But so the cave idea—that's what a lot of people have said. But now, 
that's also coming up too. Well, it could have actually been in some kind of house or building, but in still still not dreamy. Right. But right. Honestly, I think those things are okay to talk about and to you know try to understand hash out. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Whether it was a cave, a hollowed out cave, whether it was you know, a, an outright barn or whether it was just the animal storage area, you know, in your, in your basement or whatever, yeah. like those things are not the make or break of things. It doesn't change the fact that his birth was still this lowly birth, you yeah. know what I mean? And it wasn't by any means what you would think a king was about to be yes. born into. Yeah. Yeah. And they came to worship him, the shepherds and, and the wise men for that matter. They came to worship him. He's the king, you know? Yeah. And um, that's that scene that I brought up uh, in that movie. I, it's Talladega Nights. Like some people asked me <laughs> after church and I was like, yeah, I, I actually thought about naming it, but I'm like, well, it's not like, you know, <laughs> it's not like a great movie to like promote in that way. I'm like, I'm like I don't feel bad. It's Will Ferrell, right? Yeah, it's Will Ferrell. Yeah. And I watched the trailer this morning just to like refresh my mind. I'm like, yeah, no, that's probably good. I didn't say it, but, <laughs> but, uh, it, it is funny. It's a funny scene, but it's also like, it's kind of sacrilegious, man. Like if, if you're Christian, you should be a little uncomfortable <laughs> when you watch it. I mean, it's obviously ridiculous on right. purpose. They, right. They're not, you know, right. but like, yeah, he, he's like, he, he goes to pray to baby Jesus and he's like, no, he grew up. And then, uh, the one guy's like his friend. He he's like, I like to think of Jesus in a tuxedo shirt because it's like I'm formal, but I'm here to party. <laughs> and then his kid is one kid's like, oh, I love a ninja Jesus. And, and I'm, it, you start to feel like, dude, this is like, this is not okay. <laughs> but that my that was my point. I'm like, sometimes though, that's like people's view of God. It's yeah. just what people, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just whatever you imagine in your mind, good vibes. You well, know? and I think in talking about, you know, like, um, away in a manger in that song and, and some of the lyrics, no crying and make, I think sometimes like we take the realness out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does make it seem like it's more of a, a, a fairy tale story type thing yeah um and that's why it's good that you're like no probably he cried a lot (laughs) you know (laughs) i've not met any baby like like we can't remove the humanity Mm -hmm. from jesus and just be like well he was god's son so he was deity right and so he never experienced humanity you know what i mean and that's the actually the exact opposite of why jesus came to earth you know yeah he came fully human and fully God so that he lived the human life under his human abilities, mm-hmm. you know, um, so that he could be the perfect sacrifice for us. So within that, humans do, they fall down, they scrape their knees, they cry, they yeah. they get black and blue, they, and, and it's not, it's not heretical to say, Jesus as a baby probably cried. Yeah, right. You know, well, and like humans, like go to the bathroom, like right. things like that. It's they like, had to change his diaper, you yeah, know. And I'm sure, yeah. and I'm sure Joseph gagged. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. all parents do. You know, like yeah, yeah. you know. So, but Jesus was, he was fully human. He was fully God, but he yeah. was also fully human. And 
And uh, let's not take that away because that's really important for how he was able to be the sacrifice for us. And and that's that's the humility of God that yeah. we were talking about. It's like, yeah, yeah it, it would feel still more uh, divine or godly if, well, yeah, and he never cried. And, you right, know, right. He, he floated and, to his and bed. I get you know? it. It's a nice image. It's a, it's a yeah. sweet image, you know. But it's important to... to to keep it real sometimes. Yeah. And you know, that actually segues good into one of the questions I wanted to ask thinking of pastor Jeff's sermon last week too, Mm -hmm. about, Oh, come all you faith, all come all you faithful. And so it's like a call to worship. And he kind of started with saying like, you know, not everybody feels this way. We'll, we'll talk to each other that way. Yeah. Oh, come all you faithful. And it's like, yes, all of us, the, you know, the faithful Mm -hmm. to Christ, Mm -hmm. But he's like, you know, how often do you really feel that way? Faithful, triumphant, you know, you don't describe your life that way. And he said, you know, Jesus calls the weary and the burdened and the sinners. Yeah. That's who Jesus calls. Yeah. I, mean, I thought that was really good. But, you know, it's funny that like, um, like we were just talking about Jesus as a baby. Oh, you know, hey, we can't lose his full humanity that he had when we talk about him, how about for ourselves? Sometimes we pretend that we have it together. I'm not weary and burdened. I'm faithful and triumphant when I come to church. Yeah. I was just looking for a quote I had posted on um, Instagram and I don't want to hunt through it on my phone because it wasn't right there. But, but the, the basic gist of it was um, like God steps into our suffering, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and he steps into he steps into our struggles and sometimes like i've heard people like talk about well you can't say that you don't feel well cuz you're speaking something into your life or uh, i think one time i s- mentioned about man i forget everything and it's going to be scary when i get to be an old man cuz if i can't remember now <laughs> when i'm older it's going to be it's going to be bad yeah. you know i have to tattoo my my name on my hand or whatever and someone's like don't speak that don't speak that over your life don't speak that and i i i understand what they're saying but the reality is how do i even begin to pray for my struggles if i can't admit i'm having struggles yeah that's a really good point yeah you know, Jesus said that we should go to the elders of the church and ask them for prayer when we're when we're not feeling well, when we're sick, you know, and and within that it was then the prayer of, you know, faith will make you whole. And so I just I feel like I feel like there definitely is like this stigma of as a believer, you shouldn't have problems. <laughs> yeah. You know, that sometimes we get in church or we're afraid to admit it because of what people will think about us. Um, but part of humility, and we're talking about, in, in staff meeting, we're reading a book called Humility. And part of humility is admitting when we need help. And it's actually in those moments that we learn more about God um, I think sometimes than what we learn in those high moments. Yeah. Because I think it's in our humility when we admit what we can't do, our weaknesses, our, our fears, our failings, our whatever it is that's going on in our lives. God reveals himself to us in ways that he w- wouldn't 
reveal himself just because we would never even be looking for him to reveal himself yeah. if everything was perfect and fine. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, I something I feel like I've put words to this summer, this year, is kind of like it's a new way to trust God. It's like, oh, well, I do trust God. Yeah. But now I'm facing the situation or these thoughts or whatever <clears throat> that I've, you know, I've just never had to deal with this before. Yeah. Um, so I do trust God, but now this is a totally new way. I, I never yeah. knew to come to God for this. I never knew God could help me with this or that I would ever struggle right here or this way. So like that's maybe a way to view it. Like instead of feeling like I've arrived, well, I already trust God. Like it's that's, those are the words I've used to describe it. Like, well, it, it now it's a new way to trust God, mm-hmm. which is, you know, can be a beautiful thing too. Yeah. You discover right. more. You just, right. You learn more. It, what, what was funny is this week, um, I had some teachers in kids' church, so I didn't have to stay down there the whole time. So, you know, I did the opening or whatever, and when I left kids' church, one of the kids said to me, where are you going? (laughs) And I said, well, I'm going next door to big church. And they're like, why are you going to big church? And I'm like, because no matter how old I get, I still need to learn more about God. Yeah, wow. And I think no matter how long you've been a Christian, there's always more to know about God. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes, not that God causes suffering because he wants us to be like, you're going to learn and I'm going to make you suffer until you learn. Not that, but sometimes in those moments of either suffering, struggling, doubts, fears, sickness, whatever it may be, like we learn something about God that we didn't know before. Yeah. We learn that how he's faithful. He learns how he helps us to take our thoughts captive when we're worried. Mm -hmm. We learn about how he can give peace when we've, you know, or when we feel overwhelmed, how he can be our strength that we never would have known God as that strength had we never felt overwhelmed. So yeah. there's no, and and I say all that, I, I guess, to get back to your original question, like, why don't we sometimes talk about these things? I think sometimes because of pride sometimes. Yeah. I think sometimes out of fear or shame. And I think sometimes we feel pressure that we have to feel like we have that all together. Yeah. And I would say that those things are not accurate for what God would want from us. Yeah. And I don't think I said this on the podcast, you know, so when I started here at Freehold at first, it was really refreshing to not be with teenagers because I'm like, I'm it's not, a different world. Yeah, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm not driving them home. I'm not like clean up after yourself, you know. So it's great. And I'm like, wow, people really, I think, are more into like when you're teaching or talking about the Bible. It's like people really are are into it and they want to talk about it. But now that I've been in youth, I'm like, it's really refreshing because they're just so raw and honest about what they're going through and nobody's pretending they're perfect in youth group. They may want to assert their dominance or something, but nobody's going to tell you they got a perfect life in youth group. And I'm like, wow, that's just really refreshing. Cause sometimes as adults, you just don't, you don't want to, you know, you just want to pretend you don't have things going on. And, and in defense, sometimes we don't know how to tell other people we need help. That too. too. And you I actually I mean? was going to say, based off what you said earlier, like sometimes maybe like I don't in a, on an individual sense, like I don't want to pray about something because actually I'm afraid. Oh, like you said about giving it power. I 
haven't admitted to myself yet that maybe right. I'm dealing with this. So I'm not I'm not even praying and so never mind telling you about right. it because right. Or I don't want to burden you with this or I mean there's lots of different reasons why yeah. I don't. Um but I would say I would say overall if you're going through something um we should be able to as believers. I'm not saying that you stand up from the pulpit and say, "Hey everybody, this week blah blah blah." Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But but we need those couple of trusted believers in our lives that we can share it with. You yeah. know what I mean? And and all throughout Psalms, you see David crying out. And a lot of times it is not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it is not what you would think a Christian would say. You, It's not always what you think uh, a man of God would say or someone who is called a man after God's own heart. When he's saying, like, God, just destroy my enemies. Like, that doesn't sound very loving, but he poured those things out. And it's after pouring out those things, crying out those things, he cried them out to God. And God began to work because he was able to be honest about his struggles instead Mm -hmm. of just trying to set them off to the side or whatever. And I think sometimes we need to practice doing that with others, you know, you know, really pouring it out and... And God honored David when he poured out those real struggles. Yeah. Even when even when the struggles were David's fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that too. Yeah, and I, I just think it's a picture of, of what real Christian community looks like in yeah. the New Testament, how everybody gave and they had something and nobody was wanting. And, um, you know, that was um, an extraordinary circumstance as far as, like, food and money, m- those types of needs being met. I mean, the church should be the place where those things happen too. And even Paul oftentimes is like, you sent so-and-so to me to minister to me. Yes, and yes, you're I, right. I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he doesn't outright say I needed that, but when you read through it and you see about how he spoke about it, yeah, and he he's like, those are, you know, my, my dear brother, he would refer to them. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes he referred to them as your brother because they came and they ministered to him in his moment of need. Yeah. You know, and Paul, we think about as one of the giants of faith. Mm -hmm. And yet he was like, hey, thank you for sending your brother. I'm sending him back because he was so dear to me and I know that you need him. And so, yes, he acknowledges like I needed to be encouraged. I needed the strength and and you did that. So praise God for that. Wow. Yeah, that's really great. So and, um, you know, I had another question, too, um, based off, well, I guess kind of both sermons, but in Pastor Jeff's sermon kind of talking about that he talks about how jesus helps us to become more faithful more joyful um you know more triumphant and that's something that's cool i so we're talking about how we we don't we don't we don't have it all together and that's okay to admit that in those times when maybe we want to pretend we do or we don't know how to express that but on the flip side you know, Billy Graham talked about, he called it the gospel ethic that, well, yes, the gospel should be making you better, as it were. It's not just, you know, um, life insurance, you know, it's mm-hmm. like not just for the life to come. It affects every area of your life. And I feel like Pastor Jeff was touching on that, right? So, like, when he talked about, he shared a story in his own life about I couldn't produce joy anymore. You know, I had been trying in my own life and I had anxiety here or this whatever 
So really I had to come to the point where I said, God, I need you to do the work. And I think that's great. And I think many of us have been there, but I'm thinking like, could, could you put feet to that a little bit? Like how could you describe like, or an example to me, I have an example, but not of joy of like yesterday when I um, was talking about like surrendering to God, like, will say that a lot, but I tried to like make it a little more clear, like what that means. If you're like, how do I, how do I do that? You know? Oh boy. It's a tough question. Yeah. I, I know I, it's, it's not like, I, there's not like a clear way to answer that. And I, I, I think for each of us is different because it's, it's about what's going on in our lives. That's kind of sucking that joy out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the first thing is I don't think it's something that you drum up in yourself. Yeah. Like, like I've heard that comment before, like, well, you just need the joy of the Lord. You just need the joy of the Lord. Like it's something that we can flip a switch on and yeah. it be there. Oh, I got it. Oh, yeah, I found yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So I, I say that and I just, uh, if you need joy and you're like, I'm just not feeling it. It's, it's okay to not feel it because mm-hmm. it's not something that comes from ourselves. Yeah. You know, Ah. <sighs> I think it's more than just gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like you can do the gratitude journals and I think that's, you know, that's good and important, but I think it's something more than that. Cause it's still like, you're trying to stir yourself up towards, well, here's what I should be thankful for. So mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. it's something that really like, it's, it's like a gift from God. You know, sometimes I think we, we pray and say, God, I need your joy. Yeah. You know, I, I'm struggling. I don't feel joy. I, I feel miserable, I feel down, I feel overwhelmed or anxious or what whatever it is, you know. And and yeah, I think I think that honesty in prayer is a big deal. Like yeah. you can you can say, "God, uh, give me your joy. God, give me your joy. I need your joy." And and maybe that will work, but if if you're like finding, you know, I'm asking, nothing's happening, just be honest where you're at. Like, "God, this is what's taking my joy. This is what I'm scared about, Lord. And, you know, I think in those, in those honest prayers too. Yeah. You know, sometimes you will download something from God that I don't know how to describe it. It could be something you're thankful for. It could be a perspective change. It could be anything, but now suddenly you, you feel different inside and you say, wait a minute. And, and I think the reason why that honesty matters is because it's about, relationship with him yes yes yeah and so if you're just saying god i need joy i think the thing about that is then it's almost like um transaction Mm -hmm. if i pray this and i pray the right way then god will give me this yeah and i think sometimes we've I'll say we we mean to think that way, but it just as as people who life is a bunch of <laughs> transactions yeah. and whatever. I think sometimes that's how we approach God. Um, but I think the thing about honesty is honesty. Like, here's what's really hard for me right now, and I, and I feel like I don't have joy because I'm angry about this or bitter about that. I think it's because it invites relationship with God. Yeah. You're inviting God. Here's who I really am. You already know who I am, but, but let me just put it out there to you because 
I want to connect with you and not just, I don't know what the right word is, and not just ask for a thing. Yeah, that yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's about that relationship and I think of um there's two visuals that I thought of like uh you know, Jesus sees beyond the masks that we wear. So we wear them for others, which we were talking about earlier, but we'll wear them to God too oh, yeah. sometimes. Oh, yeah. So you'll be praying and you know what's really underneath, you know what's really behind you and you're just pretending it's not there and Jesus sees it and he's like, "Hey, you know, he's <laughs> so it's like you're you're kind of putting this between you and God for him to work. Or another one I saw was like the elephant. Right. Obviously, there's the elephant in the room. So there's a, there's you, there's God, there's a huge elephant. And God's like, hey, can we talk about the elephant? And you're like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> and we do that. And so I got I got the elephant. Yeah, I got it. So yeah. let's just talk about this part. Right. You know? So I just need your or joy. Or if you I would your just give me joy, the elephant would go away. Right, 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 right. We do that too. And I wouldn't even have to acknowledge it, you know. So instead, when we say, okay, God, I did put this in front of me or in front of us, in front of you, this elephant, or I just take the masks off and just say what I'm actually fearful of or whatever, that now you're experiencing relationship and a true and intimacy, you know. Yeah, funny um, there's a pastor, you know, I'm thinking of who one time was like, you know, and God said to me, pastor. And I always think to myself, isn't it funny how even before, sometimes before God, we think of ourselves as mm. pastor, yeah. <laughs> you know, as opposed to like when God speaks to us, he says like, Hey Todd, yeah, you know, yeah. not Hey preacher, reverend, <laughs> Hey pastor. Hey, pre like I'm not God's pastor, you know? And I only say that, I only say that because I say that to say that sometimes like we have to get honest because God doesn't, what am I trying to say? Like God doesn't want to speak to me as he wants to speak to me as pastor, but he wants to speak to Todd. Yeah. To Todd's heart. Yeah. And if I hide behind the pastor mask, this is yeah, what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah. If I hide behind that mask of how I, you know, view myself or whatever, that everything's perfect and good, then um, that's one more thing that, God's got to work his way through in order to yeah. connect from my heart. And that's, and that's something <coughs> like, I don't know. I feel like some things have shifted for me this year and how I'm praying and talking to God. So I don't want to say that this is done, but for a long time, I feel like that has been challenging for me is like knowing that I'm a pastor, like reading the Bible and things like approaching it, like, oh, I'll be able to use this or like, oh, now I'm spiritual enough to be a pastor because I told God this or something. And like, so that that's not gone. I feel like it's just been less of, of in my it's, mind lately, but it's been there for a long time. Sometimes it's hard. It gets in the way. Oh, it, it is hard because for those of you out there who are not pastors, like our job, our spiritual life, our family life, it's all one thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not too many people say, God, I'm a salesman, and that's who I am. And they right. approach God in that way. And, and so, as a salesman, I need to be able to sell you, God. Or I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, when I go home and I have my personal devotion time, it feels very similar to sermon prep. Right. And so it's easy to get caught up in reading this and being like, oh, this would be really good for people to hear. 
and to not think about well, wait, God wants to speak to me first. It's, right. it's hard. It's tricky. It's yeah. It's it's like very like gray border lines there. Do you, do you know what yeah. I mean? And I, I think I think it's okay that it overlaps, but sometimes yes. when yeah. we're talking about things getting in the way, that to me, it mm-hmm. like I've like felt it in the way before. Or sometimes we're just thinking about this would make a great sermon to preach to people because I know somebody struggles with this, and yes. so this verse talks about anxiety, and that would be great for them. Yeah. And it's easy to lose fact that, well, I struggle with anxiety, so maybe God's <laughs> trying to speak to me. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. You know, and it's just, it's one of the hazards of being a pastor. Yeah. Is, is, there, there's, is not getting caught up in those things as only as work, but also as spiritually feeding ourselves. Yeah, but not as work and, and also too, like again feeling like justified like well did i pray enough <clears throat> for for how much a pastor should pray well maybe i pray more than like a lot of my friends but like did i pray enough as the pastor and then i'm like well so what i'm gonna go talk to god because i'm the pastor now right like, right that, like, like am i only you praying because i'm supposed to be spiritual right now right and then god's like thanks pastor like, <laughs> right, like that, right, when right. you said that that's yeah. what i thought of like no it's, you know it, and I know there's challenges in every job, but I think what's what's hard is spiritual life is so important. And when you're a pastor, like, there's pressures of being a pastor that's hard to describe unless you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. You feel responsible for a lot of people. You feel like you always have to be on. You feel like, yeah. and it's hard to it's hard to let down the pastor identity, even in prayer. And in personal prayer sometimes to just be a person who needs God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I feel like when you're able to do that, so I feel like there's a couple extra things you got to sort through to get there. But when you are, you know, I think that's what people to connect to that. Well, that's when you're connected to God. And then I think when you're able to share from that, that's what people connect to. But I, I guess even that's what I mean. Like I've, of course, I could have told you that in Bible college. So then I'm like, oh, all right. So let me be real with God so that, you know, I'll be a better <laughs> right, pastor. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, no. Like, <laughs> like, am I doing these things just to be spiritual yeah, so that I'm yeah. a better pastor? Yeah, right. It, That's right. what I mean. No, like, it's, it's very, no. it's very, because those things just run together. They bleed yeah. together. And so it's very hard. Yes, our spiritual life does affect our pastoring. Um, and we do need God to help us to be better pastors. And we should do certain things to help us be better pastors. Yeah. But yeah. they can't be the only reason why yeah, we're doing them. Yeah. Because someday I may not be a pastor, and I still need to have my relationship with God strong—not yeah. just for everybody else, but for myself. And it's and and it, I I think that's what helps tricky. me is thinking like that. It's like, well, are you talking to God, or are you praying about this, or X Y Z? Because just for that reason, could just because you think you need to do this for the pastor, and usually it's like, well, no. And then it's like, okay, well, then that's fine, right. good. You know, that's where you need to be. Yeah. Know, so, and 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 I think in some aspects too when you're a pastor and you're always working at church and you're always surrounded by believers, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's really easy when you're not facing like some of the outside pressures of the world, you know, because we still face them, but it's different a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when I go to, when I go to work, I'm not going into a place filled with unbelievers. You know, well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, don't know. <laughs> maybe hope. I'm not sure. No, I'm just <laughs> so, so like the pressures I feel 
are different. And so, um, and so it just, it's, it's a different mindset that sometimes you just have to be guarded against to, yeah. to, to not let those things be masks or mm. get in the middle or interference or whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. sometimes people are like, it must be so great working in the church, you know, or somebody said to Steph, it must be so great being a pastor's wife. <laughs> just so you know, pastors are people. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Yeah. We try our best to, to, to be close to God and be online with God, but we're people too. So, yeah. you know, we get discouraged. We struggle. We f- are flawed, yeah. you know? And, and I don't know about you, but, you know, <laughs> my wife will know when I'm not so close with God. <laughs> she'll, she'll be able to. Ide- hey, have you been praying about this? Like, uh, I was thinking about starting soon. <laughs> okay, well, you should start. <laughs> well, it's on my prayer list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so just, I, I say all these things because. For the sake of us, we're talking about being honest before God. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And those are some of the things that we all struggle with being honest before God. Mm-hmm. You know, we all struggle with letting down those images or letting down those masks or letting down whatever to really connect. But when we do, yeah, um, like God is right there in that instant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> I think I had one more thing I wanted to say. I don't Sorry. remember. Um <laughs> about honesty before god yeah we were we were just talking we we were just talking about like joy how do you get joy and all that stuff yeah is that we're talking about be honest (laughs) yeah be honest but that yeah yeah no i i think that's really great and don't be discouraged because you got to remember too sometimes our feelings when we feel like well i don't feel joy like i don't want to paint our feelings in a bad light but our feelings don't always reflect what's true and yeah. so there may be times that you're not feeling joy because of this situation going on in your life. And it may not automatically change like that, even after you've prayed about it. But that doesn't mean that God's not working on your behalf. Yes. That doesn't mean that God's not walking with you through it. And that doesn't mean that God is bringing you to a point of having joy. But maybe there's things along the way that he wants to do that when you feel joy, it'll be real joy and not joy that you just put on and take off. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like superficial joy. And it may be that he's doing some stuff in other people's lives that when it comes to be, and you get to be a part of that because you've been praying for it, or you get to be a part of it just because they're in your family or whatever. And you see that happen. Then you can experience joy that is real joy too. You yeah. Know? So yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And I think, um, that's why it's called a discipline, right? That So even when I don't feel this way, I'm going to pray, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to come to God, I'm going to confess, whatever. But also, too, I think when it is a discipline in your life, that's when God's able to use it more. And, yeah, like, I mean, if you've gone through something tough, if you've lost maybe a loved one, you know, I think it would be unrealistic to say, oh, well, I, I'm still not experiencing joy, like, Jesus wept at the loss of Lazarus, knowing he was going to bring him back to life. So to say, well, I just thought I should be over. I've been praying about it. Like, yeah, it's okay. And just in that area, God doesn't always, we got to remember too, that our timeline isn't always same as God's timeline. And I think when we're struggling with stuff, sometimes we just want to be done with it because we want the struggle to be over. Yeah. And I don't always know. how am, how am I trying to say this? I don't always know that God puts a time limit on how long 
Okay, you're only going to struggle with that for a month, and then boom, I'm going to heal you, and it's going to be done and over with. Yeah, uh, like, that's how like, we think sometimes. Like, and or that's, we want, and that's, we want that's it to be. how we want it to be. Yeah. And I think sometimes God's like, okay, I know you're struggling with this, but listen, there's some other things I'm working on in your heart. That's not, yeah. I know that's there, and I'm and, and it's important to me, but there's a process I'm bringing you through yeah. that may be a process, Yeah, you know. And yeah, so I think you will experience joy if um, you're faithful to allowing God to move in that process. Be Continue in the discipline and continue with the honesty mm-hmm. and wherever you may find yourself with joy or anything else. I think God will do that in you and you will recognize it happening and it may be yeah. longer or slower or and here it, today, not there tomorrow. Yeah, but that's maybe, okay. maybe. Right, right. And that's true too. Like yeah. I, I think that's, hey, today I'm feeling it. Yesterday I wasn't. Maybe tomorrow I won't. Maybe the day after I will. Yeah. Like the roller coasters of life and emotions. We're people. <laughs> yeah. what we do. And so you can't base whether God's moving on those things. You know, like you just got to sometimes be disciplined and, and be seeking those things and, and ride out some of those ups and downs. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Thanks, Pastor Todd. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, you know, Pastor Todd, last week was your birthday. It was. Uh, did you get to do anything? Did your family do anything? <laughs> everyone Special keeps, dinner? Everyone keeps asking that. So for my birthday, I went to church. <laughs> I, hey. I went to work because <laughs> it was Wednesday. So it's back here Wednesday night. No for, place I'd so. rather be. <laughs> um, so we always do. We always do for your birthday. You pick what you want to eat that night. And, you know, nice. So, uh, we had pizza, and I know that doesn't sound that exciting, but I had the toppings on it that I like, <laughs> which are, which are uh, pepperoni, black olives, and mushroom. Okay. I know some people are like weirded out by that. I would not put those together, but it sounds I do like it. You get a little, you a little, little, little right a little twanginess from the black olives. You yeah. know that. I don't know what the right word is for that flavor, but, and then you got the pep pepperoni. You know. Mm. And okay. I like mushrooms too. So, the first time I had that was at college. Nice. And um, I was with friends, and they were like, "This is the best ever." And they had it, and I'm like, "I, I can do it. I can do this." <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. So for my birthday, we had pizza. I had that, and then everybody else had plain. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. not true. Well, I think Daniel ate it too. But, um, and then yes, no, not yesterday. Yesterday was Sunday. Saturday. Um. And my family, we always try to get together for birthdays. So yeah. it's for Saturday, they they came down and oh, good, okay. And, you know, so we that's were together. Nice. So yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, we brought up I think last week how you know penny vodka used to be everywhere. That was the thing. I think I would have actually said that was my favorite pizza for a while. And it wasn't until last week I think you said that, and I was like, I don't know. I haven't even thought about that for a while. Like, because we were just, talking about grandma. Pies. Yeah, because that's what's everywhere right. now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although, wait, no, somewhere does. It's like a grandma, but with vodka. Oh, it may be right over that's here. That's Rome. Uh, Romans. Romeos. Wait, is that Romeos? There's a Romeos. There's Pat. This one's Romeos. Yes, Pat that D's. one's Romeos. Yes. Okay. One of them does actually, because I did have that, and I was like, "That's delicious." Oh, maybe it is Romeos. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, it wasn't good. it wasn't just regular pizza sauce. It was that vodka they sauce. They did have the vodka sauce and I was like, "Oh, that's good." Okay. And I think it had like the chunks of tomato in it yeah. too. It wasn't just It wasn't just like 
like sauce. It was yeah. like you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, Sometimes like, you get pizza sauce or spaghetti sauce, and it's just like watery sauce. But this yeah. had like the chunks in it, which I, I think always makes it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right, everybody. Hey, thank you so much for listening. This has been Pastor Matt and Pastor Todd. We'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.